My guest is going to teach you how to supernaturally worship God. This is the only true worship. This is why you were created. You are going to recapture the original atmosphere that was in the Garden of Eden. That's normal. Is there a supernatural dimension? A world beyond the one we know? Is there life after death? Do angels exist? Can our dreams contain messages from heaven? Can we tap into ancient secrets of the supernatural? Are healing miracles real? Sid Roth has spent over 35 years researching the strange world of the supernatural. Join Sid for this edition of It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here. Welcome to my world where it's naturally supernatural. I just so love to breathe the rarefied air of heaven. It's healing. It's medicinal. It is wonderful. And as a matter of fact, someone's ears are being opened right now in Jesus' name. My guest has been a guest previously. His name's Kerry Kirkwood. And I asked him, I said, Kerry, how do you keep coming up with such fresh revelation on so many different subjects? And he said, that's easy, Sid. I am a worshiper of God. And so I said, I want to understand how you worship. Carrie, there's a reason I want to understand this. That when I became a believer in the Messiah, it was the early 70s, and uh, there was a very successful businessman that spoke for a group called Full Gospel Businessmen. He had $12 million corporations, and that impressed me as a young Jewish believer in Jesus. And uh, so I kind of looked up to him. Uh, and. He said, here's the secret, and here's the secret anyone can have. Right. He says, every morning I wake up and I worship God. But there were some missing words in what he said, at least to me it was. Right. That's wonderful that he gets up every morning and worships God. But what is worship? And it's not just confined to mornings. And you said to me, if there is one secret to your revelation and your walk in victory with God, it's you're a worshiper of God. What is briefly defined for me? What is worship? Well, worship definitely is not just singing, as a lot of times we say in churches, you know, that the worship hour, Sunday morning, they come in singing. And because John 9 31 said, If any man be a worshiper of God, he starts out and he says, If any man be a worshiper of God, God hears him. He said, God does not hear sinners, at least in the sense of of just hearing them on a basis of uh, just uh, crying out. But if any man is a worshiper, and it's the word proskuneo, which means to bow, to kiss, to adore. Did so, you take that literally? Yes, I did. Because the, the, worship is not just something we do as a metaphor, as you know, I worship you know, because I went to church, but it was actually honoring and blessing the Lord through revelation, because worship starts with God. It doesn't start with us. Uh, you know, that's pretty profound. You thought worship started with you. Did you hear what he just said? 
Worship starts with God. Why do you say that? Well, Ezekiel 47, we have this picture of Ezekiel's having this vision of the river, and it starts out, it's coming out from underneath the throne room of, and through the threshold, and it gets deeper as it goes along. And worship is a type of movement there. And as it moves along, healing says where there's the, wherever the river goes, healing goes. And so I see everything that as, will live and everything that lives and I trees on one side. And the Bible says we're trees of the Lord planted by the rivers of living water. So as I worship the Lord, I see it as a movement and not a static position that it starts with God. And he's looking for someone that he can put it into his heart, into our hearts, because John four talks about uh, Jesus speaking to the woman at the well. And he said, now the time is not in Jerusalem or in Samaria, not just in Mount Zion or Mount Gerizim, which the Samaritans believed in. It's not a location. It's not methodology, but they'll worship in spirit and in truth. So it, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. So if I'm going to worship in spirit, I need the spirit of truth to guide me into worship and not just by singing my favorite song, but the Holy Spirit of truth comes and, and he says, I'll take of his and I'll reveal it to you. He reveals to me how the Father wants me to worship Him. So it takes the guesswork out of it, trying to think, uh, what do I need to say thank you for today? And trying to use my mind to figure it out. It is born from the heart of, of God and He flows through us. In fact, Hebrews 13 says, through Him, not through us, through Him, let us offer the sacrifice of praise. Well, tell me about uh, the time your daughter got very sick and where worship tied in with her healing. Oh, I was just a, a brand new pastor and I had to, my, my uh, daughter was just a few weeks old. We just moved where we were uh, going to take the pastorate. And on the way there, the Lord said to me, I am the Lord thy God heals you. That if you go, I'll take care of your family. You'll never lack for anything. You'll never lack for uh, provision and, you'll, and I'll be your provision and your healer. So we were there just a few weeks and she was having excruciating pain. So strong, so crying out in the middle of the night. As a young father, I was just torn up. Sure. What's wrong with her? She has We're gonna have to take her to the hospital. So what I, we took her to the doctor, they looked at her ears. Her ears are so infected and so bad shape. We're gonna have to do surgery. So that night before the surgery, we went in there and I reminded the Lord of the covenant. You're the Lord thy God that keeps covenant and mercy, and I need mercy, and you're the Lord thy God that heals me. And so instead of begging and pleading, I just stood on the promise and I started worshiping the Lord, singing worship unto Him as the Lord God, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God who heals. And so by declaring His name in worship, because as His name is, so is His praise. The next morning we took her in for the surgery, I handed her off to the nurse, the surgical nurse, gone about 30 minutes, and she came back to me and she said, the doctor has examined her and we have looked at her, we've gone through the x-rays and this is not the same baby that you brought in yesterday. She is healed, take your baby home. That is so amazing, but as you were speaking, I began to hear some words of knowledge. And what I heard is people that have difficulty breathing, any kind of breathing problem, it is healed in Yeshua, in Jesus' name. Uh, and as a matter of fact, allergies of any kind, they're gone in Jesus' name. Uh, but you, you're not to be gone. You come back because you have to learn how to worship as a lifestyle. You know what? That's why you were created. 
No wonder you've been missing something. Come on back. Did you know that worship is the key for you to receive your breakthrough, your healing, and even your supernatural provision? In a moment, find out more about the revelation given by God to Carrie Kirkwood about the power of worship. We'll be back with more of It's Supernatural in just one moment. Carrie Kirkwood wants to teach you how to make worship a lifestyle so you will be literally breathing the atmosphere of heaven 24-7. Call now and get Carrie Kirkwood's anointed four-part audio CD teaching The Power of Worship for a donation of $30. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 1498. Through this four-part audio CD teaching, you will learn how to enter into deep worship and experience God's presence like never before. Begin to see others from God's heavenly perspective. Learn how to worship without music. Receive new revelation and creativity. Experience a supernatural change in the atmosphere. Acquire supernatural joy and peace in every circumstance. Obtain authority over everything that comes against you. Receive your healing, your miracle, and supernatural provision. You'll have breakthrough in your family. You have joy. There's peace. There's financial restitution and restoration and increase when we learn to become worshipers. Carrie Kirkwood has included practical, easy-to-follow steps to help you worship God and enter into His heavenly presence. Don't miss out on getting Carrie Kirkwood's anointed four-part audio CD teaching, The Power of Worship, for a donation of $30. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 1498. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 1498 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. We now return to It's Supernatural. Hello, Sid Roth here with Carrie Kirkwood. Carrie, is there supernatural protection in worship? Yes, there is. I mean, we know the scripture in Psalms 91 says, He that abides, and the word abide there means to pitch your tent. In other words, you just don't go in and out of it. It becomes a lifestyle. So he that abides under the shadow or the covering of the Almighty God. So we see protection there. And I know that it, when I'm worshiping, not just for the moment that I'm worshiping, that literally it's a lifestyle to where I believe there's a covering that comes with worshipers that the Lord walks with them and protects them because they are, they are those who worship the Lord God. And so we find that he sends protection for them. Even in Revelations 11, where he says, measure the temple and the worshipers, but don't measure those that are on the outside. Hmm. So worship is even measured. Give me an example of where worship has protected you. Well, I remember one time I was in Costa Rica and was uh, teaching in this little town called Cartago, and it was in a small little uh, church there. I could see as I was teaching a, uh, a man coming down the street towards the building. He had the largest beer bottle I've ever seen in my life. It looked like a gallon jug. And so he came to the door, but he seemed like he couldn't get in the door. He just tried to go through the door, and he couldn't. And then he started railing accusations of things in Spanish. My Spanish was enough to where I knew that he was saying that he was mad at me, and why was I there? And so he raised that, that uh, beer bottle to throw it, and I just started worshiping and blessing the Lord and giving thanks unto the Lord. You didn't duck? No, because I thought I, I couldn't go anywhere. It was so small in that place. Okay. <laughs> and my interpreter, and so I was hoping, you see that? And so we, as we begin to worship the Lord, and I just pointed my finger to him, and I said, you are bound 
because you cannot cross the line of demarcation as a worshiper. You, you teach that the opposite of worship is complaining. Explain. Yeah, I mean, God doesn't like complaining. He opened the ground up and 3,000 people were swallowed up for complaining there in the wilderness. And complaining is an accusation against God. It is like telling God, you haven't done a very good job of keep taking care of me. But when we worship the Lord, it is blessing and honoring Him and declaring who He is and all of His attributes. And when we do that, it releases an agreement. How can any two walk together unless they're homologate or saying the same thing? And so when we bless the Lord in worship, we are saying the same thing, because remember, the Spirit of Truth is guiding us into how that we're going to declare who He is and who He is. So what do, what do we accomplish when we complain? Well, what we do is we, we abort the very things that we're looking at wanting and believing God for. He said, sweet water and bitter water can't come out of the same vessel. And James says, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Don't let him think that he'll receive anything. In fact, the word double-minded is where schizo, we get schizophrenic from. Oy vey. <laughs> okay, you say that worship is selflessness. Exactly. Because when we worship by revelation, we're not thinking about ourselves saying, well, I'm going to thank the Lord for this, so if I give something, I can get something. When Jesus told the woman at the well, said, you Samaritans, you worship what you don't even know, but we as Jews, we worship whom we know. And it means that we worship by revelation because we see Him as He is and not just by worshiping because I want to get something. It is a love relationship that is based on a covenant. Worship is a covenantal experience with God. And you also say, and this is so important, he says, worship is dialogue. It's two-way. It's not just a one-way uh, party line <laughs> where you're just hearing yourself. You actually hear from God. That's true. In fact, most of the things that I teach and preach on, I got in worship. I have people ask me, said, so where do you come up with this? Do you, uh, do you sit down and try to figure out what you're going to do? And I said, no, it's real easy because I'm not going to strive to try to make something happen. So I just get a time alone where I have a pen and a pad there and I just start worshiping the Lord. Not with any expectations, but I just want to center my heart. But wait a second, you have an expectation if you have a pen, pen and pad there. You're expecting Him right. to speak to you. Not uh, to give me a message, but uh -huh. He'll speak to me as a father to a son. When, when did this start? When, when did you start within the midst of worship actually having it become a dialogue versus a monologue? My mother, when I was a child, used to read to me out of Song of Solomon. Most kids got Goldilocks and the Three Bears. <laughs> I got Song of Solomon. And sometimes when you get to that part about he's peering through the lattice at you, I'm thinking, right at bedtime and I have to think about somebody peering through the lattice. But she, would ha she had this, this experience of intimacy with God. And I, would, I, sh I read that as a young boy. And it developed a sensitivity and I think even a love language out of that book of uh, Song of Solomon. And how about when you run into financial difficulty? Does worship help you? Oh, it definitely does. Because if He's our provider, and then I, I just have to declare that that's who He is instead of being begging Him or having to remind Him, you know, I've done all this for you. But give me an example. Well, my, one time my wife and I, we had a financial need, and, and she also is a worshiper. So we just, we just, we're going to worship the Lord. 
because giving is part of worship. And so we started worshiping the Lord and blessing and thanking Him. We caught revelation of who He was. It eliminated the fear of anything happening. And it wasn't just days, a few days after that, till we started getting checks in the mail that was more than enough of what we've needed, even from people that I didn't even really know, but God released it because when we set Him and honor Him first, because then in worship, that's setting Him first premier, then He releases all the other things that we need. You know, you told me a, a secret of worship that I have been using and it is invaluable. I also want Carrie to teach how worship can be a lifestyle. Be right back after this. We'll be right back to It's Supernatural. One new man, the convergence of Jews and Gentiles, the two becoming one new man in Yeshua. When Jews and Christians become one new man in Messiah Jesus, we will experience a move of God such as the world has never seen. If you want to experience an explosive outpouring of God's Spirit, God's love, God's power, then log on to www.sidroth.org to learn more about the one new man. We now return to It's Supernatural! Hello, Sid Roth here with Carrie Kirkwood. And Carrie, you also say and I'm so glad he's teaching on this because most people think worship is uh, a half hour before a message on Sunday morning. Carrie, you don't even need instruments to be a worshiper, do you? No, I've been in Africa where there was no instruments and the presence of God just filled that place because simply the heart was there and had caught sense and revelation of the Lord. And when we do that, worship comes up out of us because we were created for worship. And it's, it's supernaturally natural to worship the Lord. Well, tell me about the obedience. Is it important to be instantly obedient as a worshiper of God? I found that out as a young guy at a youth camp one time. I was 17 to 18 years old, and, and the Holy Spirit started prompting me to dance. And I thought, well, I don't have much rhythm. Now, there's a lot of peer pressure at yeah, 17 exactly. for a guy. <laughs> well, yeah, and there's a camp full of other people, didn't I? So what they were thinking, all that. And so uh, the Lord said, if you love me and you want to worship me, then I want to use the entire part of you. I was comfortable lifting of hands, but now my body needed to be uh, presented to him as a living sacrifice. So I, I just stepped out where I was and I started dancing and and didn't, didn't want to open both eyes, see what was happening, open one eyes and looked around. And the little bit, everybody else broke out in dancing as well. And the presence of God filled that place where we were meeting. And that evening, there was a lot of prophecy and a lot of ministry happened. There's an, an interesting presence of God in this studio, different yes. than many interviews that I have. What is God trying to accomplish right now? I think if people begin to realize that when the Spirit of the Lord starts moving through them and the power of life and death is in the tongue and we are a walking instrument just like a musician would play a string and he plucks that string and he knows exactly the sound they're going to get out of that, that string. So the Holy Spirit comes upon us and touches us and that we give that sound back and, it's, and it can be worship. 
whether it's in tongues or whether it's a prophecy, that worship is a lifestyle. It's not just singing our favorite song. And, and that's what we think. We think when I hear worship, I think, well, I should be go off in my prayer closet and I should worship God. I should praise Him in tongues and in understanding, and or I should be at a corporate worship service. Uh, but we're limiting worship, aren't we? Oh, exactly. Every time that you do something in a righteous, integrity way, God said, "That's my boy. He's a chip off the old block because it's worship and honoring Him, and it's an expression because the Bible says that Jesus is the express image, not the withheld image." but to express it. So worship that is only watched and, and seen on a Sunday morning because the musicians are so good, the music is so good, we just want to watch it. And, and in most cases, it's plain good entertainment. Exactly. It's not worship. And if it's not expressed, it's not worship. Speaking of worship, speaking that obedience is worship, God, because of this unique presence of God in the studio, God is going to speak a word through you right now. Would you do that? Yeah. There's Angelica in, in Nevada, that spirit of oppression that has been upon you to the point is that you felt like your life had very little value, and the Lord is going to turn that around to where you'll not feel oppressive, but He's going to impress you with who He is. And when you feel the impression of the Lord, if you just stop and thank the Lord for what He is going to do for you and in you, you're going to see a big turnaround in your life. Does worship strengthen marriages? It does. Give me an example. Well, when I, my wife and I, when we worship together, that does something. But I remember I was in a counseling se session one time with a family, and they were just angry at one another and vile with one another. And so uh, I didn't know what to do. I tried to calm them down and try to give them some scripture, and they wouldn't hear me. I didn't know what else to do except I was invoking God by saying, I just stood up and saying, Lord, I bless you and I thank you that you are the God who made covenant and marriage. It started with you. You're the originator of marriage. So I release the covenant anointing in this room. The young man that was so vile against his parents there and the kids were acting up and the, the couple that was angry at one another settled down and I saw that spirit of agitation broken. You know, I told you that I got a revelation that is so fantastic, super fantastic is what I'm hearing, I, that I want Carrie to share it. It's got to do with clapping. Yes, clapping. Explain. <laughs> Yes, I've seen it happen many times in the area of warfare. In Psalms 47, we know, clap your hands, all you people, shout in the Lord with a voice of triumph. And so when you go back into the scripture, one of the things that they would do to their enemy was, was, was clap at them. It, it was like mocking them. Yeah, it was like, you know, like look at the hand. And so they were taunting him. But it showed a, a force or strength. So it wasn't keeping rhythm to the music. It was a way of God saying, and he says, talking about let your, your uh, hands war and your fingers fight. Your hands, fingers are war and your hands to fight. In other words, there's a warfare going on there. And when Jehoshaphat put the singers out front, that's what they were doing. They were thanking and praising God while the soldiers were behind them. They were, they were clapping and disdaining and that. And the Lord set ambushments against the enemy. You say that worship is a requirement for the wedding feast. Briefly, what is the wedding feast and why is it a requirement? Well, part of that, when uh, we find that uh, parable, when the young man comes in and he didn't have on the wedding garment, he said, bind him, bind him hand and foot and cast him out of that because 
the, every, uh, every king, when he'd have this guest come in, they would have a wedding garment that would cover the clothes. They'd come in the way they are, but they, they'd cover the clothes. And there was an insignia of the king that represented his strength and who he was. It was his identity. And when the one person said, I want the feast of what the king has, I want all the benefits that he has, but I don't want to have his identity. And that's when he said, cast him out. But the garment of praise, Psalms uh, talks about, Isaiah 61 talks about, He'll give us the garment of praise to replace the spirit of heaviness. So when we come into that wedding feast, we're not going to come in with heaviness. We're not going to come in with our complaints of what He hasn't done. We're going to come in with a garment of praise because we're identifying with the revelation of who He is. I like that. And I'm going to clap in mocking the devil, and there's going to be so much power that is going to come from that clapping that people are going to be physically healed, that oppression, depression is going to leave, and that even loved ones are going to be safe. Even marriages are going to turn around right now. Get ready, because there's an awesome anointing coming, because I am mocking the devil because Jesus has all authority and he doesn't have any. Amen. And what I'm hearing is someone's back has just been healed, and someone's neck. The spine is straightening out completely, and someone's neck, you had pain? Just move your head, you'll see. Yes, it is you. And there's something, someone's ear is being opened right now to hear from God. You've said, God, I want to hear your voice. It's being opened right now. Is there a last word that you have for anyone? Well, the Bible declares that uh, to those who are listening, have that ear to hear what the Spirit is saying, as He is, so are you right now in this present time. If you can catch revelation of who He is, turn the complaining into worship, you're going to see situations, conditions that some of you have blamed generational curses, which is actually as a lack of revelation because people perish for the lack of knowledge. And you are getting, as a worshiper, revelation. <laughs> Did you know that worship is the key for you to receive your breakthrough, your healing, and even your supernatural provision? In a moment, find out more about the revelation given by God to Carrie Kirkwood about the power of worship. We'll be back with more of It's Supernatural in just one moment. Carrie Kirkwood wants to teach you how to make worship a lifestyle so you will be literally breathing the atmosphere of heaven 24-7. Call now and get Carrie Kirkwood's anointed four-part audio CD teaching, The Power of Worship, for a donation of $30. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 1498. Through this four-part audio CD teaching, you will learn how to enter into deep worship and experience God's presence like never before. Begin to see others from God's heavenly perspective. Learn how to worship without music. Receive new revelation and creativity. Experience a supernatural change in the atmosphere. Acquire supernatural joy and peace in every circumstance. Obtain authority over everything that comes against you. Receive your healing, your miracle, and supernatural provision. You'll have breakthrough in your family. You have joy. There's peace. There's financial restitution and restoration and increase when we learn to become worshipers. Carrie Kirkwood has included practical, easy-to-follow steps to help you worship God and enter into His heavenly presence. 
don't miss out on getting Carrie Kirkwood's anointed four-part audio CD teaching, The Power of Worship, for a donation of $30. Shipping and handling is included. Ask for offer number 1498. Call or you can send your check to Sid Roth. It's Supernatural, P.O. Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. Please specify offer number 1498 or log on to SidRoth.org. Call or write today. Next week on It's Supernatural, my guest not only teaches on the glory, but shows you how to walk in God's glory 24-7. This will activate every one of God's promises in your life.